I'm Melvin Holberg, and I have the well-known publisher of non-fiction books in South Africa, Jeremy Berain, who's at Jonathan Ball Publishers, in the studio to discuss his move to London, where he will be launching a new imprint of Icon Books. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Linda. Can, can you just tell us how it all sticks together? Uh, Icon Books, News 24, Jonathan Ball Publishers, and you know, what are you launching now? Right. Okay. So, in brief, uh, Jonathan Ball Publishers bought. Icon Books just around two years ago, in fact, upon lockdown, but it was obviously a, a purchase that took some time. And the moment we it was acquired by Jonathan Ball, we looked at synergies and it's part of a growth plan for Jonathan Ball. And about nine months ago, it was decided that we would, well, I was offered the, the opportunity to go and join the Icon team and launch a Jonathan Ball imprint. Icon has, you know, it was privately owned until we bought it and has been in existence for something like 20 or 25 years. So it's a well-established, albeit small, London-based publisher. And are you looking for the stories, because it's all non-fiction um, and often a political story of people here or South Africans or what? what are you looking for? I mean, for those of you who know the Jonathan Ball imprint, you know, I think we're best known for South African politics, current affairs, biography, although, you know, by no means do we limit ourselves to that. In taking the imprint broader to the UK and beyond, I can't simply publish South African stories. There isn't the commercial market, you know, globally for that. So my brief, you know, is really to look for political or current affairs or biographical stories that's beyond South Africa. So it may be uh, English or, or, in fact, broader than that. I think something to understand about the, the Icon publishers is that 40% of what they publish is exported out of the UK. So 60%, they have 60% domestic sales. And so they've got a good footprint in the US and Europe, um, Australasia, so, you know, really looking for books that might sell sort of anywhere in the world hmm. uh, as opposed to to South African. That said, you know, I think I don't want to let go of, you know, Jonathan Ball's um, roots in Africa. So I do want to acquire and publish some African stories, as it were, perhaps history, biography, current affairs. Uh, so retain something of that. If we look at the books that you have been publishing, can we just look back on that, the period that you've been in South Africa, because you've been doing this for a long time. The most yes. recent one was Pretoria Boy by Lord Peter Hayden. I mean, you know, whenever anybody asks me what have we been publishing, my, my mind goes blank because there's so many books that come out in every year, you know. So we, we do do sort of, you know, 30 or 40 books a year at Jonathan Ball. So Peter Haynes' story of his life in South Africa or and his connection to South Africa is one we published last year in September, a Pretoria boy, that's right. Uh, and in fact, there was an interesting sort of publishing story to that in that it's the first book where Icon Books acquired rights from us. So, you know, a company that we owned then decided to to publish it in the UK so there were two editions. There was the Icon edition in London and then the, the Jonathan Ball edition in, in South Africa. And so that was a, 
Yeah, that was one book from last year. So how would they differ? You know, I've noticed just in children's books, reading for my children, that when you publish a book in America, you don't talk about the philosopher's stone, you talk about the sorcerer. Um, does it differ? Does, do the covers differ when you publish in South Africa and when you publish in the UK? A clear difference between those two editions is that in the UK market, for a book of that nature, you would release it as a hardback. Um, yeah. whereas in South Africa, there isn't much demand for, for hardback, um, for obvious pricing reasons. So we launched ours as what we call a trade paperback, which is the large size paperback, which is what most South African publishers do with new releases. It's a, it's a, it's a trade paperback. So that's one difference. And, you know, so I think any publisher in any market is always trying to, has to, come up with sort of best practice in terms of those decisions, whether it's pricing or format. But essentially, you know, the information was the same. I mean, it's the same text inside, but I think uh, it's quite an interesting departure when you have two publishers looking at the same text and what requirements they might have. So, you know, for example, in Peter's book, there's quite a long court case that took place in the UK and for South African readers, that might not be as interesting as it as it would be for British readers. So, you know, my counterpart in the UK sort of said, no, no, no let's keep all of it in. Let's not cut any of that. Uh, so likewise, for legal checks, you know, the law is of def- the law is different in the UK as it is to South Africa. So we had to have two legal reads. So, there, you know, there are all these kinds of considerations when you collaborate on on a book like this i've always wondered also how does it differ how many copies can you sell in south africa versus overseas and versus in the uk do you sell far more copies of a book of somebody like lord hayne than a south african i haven't looked at the uk sales it's interesting you know so obviously with my move to the uk i've been taking an increased interest in what sells in the uk and what i have found, and you know, this is it's very general point, is that many books sell the same quantities here as to the UK. Yeah. But obviously, your best sellers in the UK do far better. So, for example, in, you know, under this sort of COVID time where sales have been quite dampened down, it's quite difficult to sell a book. The sales quantities can be very similar. And that's as small as 1,500 or 2,000 or 2,500 copies here and and in the UK. But as I said, if something takes off, you know, it'll be selling 10 or 15,000 copies a week in the UK, whereas here it probably just gets up to 1,000 copies a week. So your bestseller opportunities are that are that much better. It's just a bigger market. So is that what you're gonna? That's why you have to to go and look for the bigger market. Uh, well, uh, you know, that, that's, that, that's always the dream, isn't it? I mean, every publisher needs to try and find a bestseller. And easier said than done. But yes, one is always trying. And uh, uh, the publishing model is, um, you know, where you have a, a quiver full of books that you go out each year with. And uh, really, uh, I would argue that profitability depends on getting one or two bestsellers. If you don't have them, it's, it's quite hard to, to make your budget and be profitable. So, yeah, that is the idea. 
whether I'll achieve that uh, remains very much remains to be seen. And do people always come to you with books or would you at the moment think, ooh, there's an interest in Russia? Maybe we should publish a book on Putin or how does it work? Um, so, yeah, that takes a bit of explaining. I mean, we do um, a, a lot of our own commissioning of books, which is exactly that. It's, you know, we spend time thinking what would be of interest to the market. You know, this last book worked. What about this? Or looking to see who might make a good, you know, a biography or um, unauthorized biography. So we, we do a lot of active commissioning in our South African operation. And I hope to bring some of that to the work I do in the UK a big, very big difference between the UK and South Africa is that the UK has a lot of agents, uh, literary agents. So, you know, in some respects, adding that extra dimension into the sort of into the sandwich, as it were, the literary agents. I mean, they spend a lot of time working with authors, coming up with concepts. So, as an editor or a publisher in the UK, you can simply work with agents and sign up books. But I, and I will have to do some of that. Um, but I also would like to sort of take some of the, some of what I've learned in the South African market, which is a far more sort of active commissioning type of, uh, of publishing. So for example, you know, your example, war breaks out and, you know, Russia attacks Ukraine. There's a global result out of that. And, you know, w what might sell two years from now? Because you can't publish a book, you know, tomorrow. Uh, you need to find someone, they have to write it, then you have to publish it. So it's trying to kind of find an idea that won't have the world moved on from in, in 18 months or two years' time. Yeah, like Zelensky, who was sort of like almost nobody. And now, you know, he might have this iconic status that might translate into years ahead or whatever. Are there any English politicians that are obvious targets for you, Boris Johnson? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, we did discuss Boris Johnson, but I guess it was at a time when, you know, he was taking a bit of a beating and uh, uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, I think some of my English counterparts were wondering whether he would be around. Um, exactly. But he seems to be weathering the storm. And uh, but no, I mean, at this stage, no, you know, I think I need to get there and I'm not going to be rushing to publish uh, British politicians their biographies. My sense is that biographies of British politicians don't sell particularly well. I might be wrong, but I, I don't think they, I don't think they seem to have the, you know, they don't seem to be adored by the public. <laughs> so I don't know if that's an area I'm going to, to leap into. I think uh, politicians that are adored are a really small bunch of people. Um, in that, that respect, I think South Africa yeah. is a bit luckier. Can I ask you then, is there a favorite book that you had? I mean, the one that often sells slubbered is one of the few that I saw you come, came out and advertised and because your father knew von sales slubbered. Was that one of your favorites? Uh, you know, it's difficult. It's kind of like asking someone who their favorite child is because as a publisher – you grow attached to many authors and projects and books. So it would be unfair to sort of say, well, you know, this was my favorite book. And I think every book you publish, there's different reasons why you may enjoy working on it. In some, it might be the text and some, it might be this, you know, the sales because it sells so well. 
But I think it's, it's sometimes it's about the relationships that you form with authors over a long period of time. So I've, you know, really enjoyed working with Johnny Steinberg. Um, I've really enjoyed working with Mark Gafissa. I've worked with Justice Malala, uh, Margie Orford. So, you know, these are authors that are in it for the long haul and, and I've really enjoyed sort of being something of a midwife to at least some of their books. Um, so yeah, so I can't say that there's a single book that, that stands out. So your first appearance in the UK would be at the London Book Fair. So glad that's back. This, you know, with COVID now, the UK is basically ignoring COVID now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in the second week of April. And, uh, that is, that is what I do when I touch down is attend that. And I have attended many times in the past, but obviously this is in a new guise. So it'll be, a, it's just good opportunistic timing really that it's on when I get there so I can touch base with a lot of sort of colleagues in the industry and people in the sort of uh, sales sides of things I think it will be a slightly different fair in that a lot of the foreign attendees are unlikely to come it seems so it'll think it might be a slightly slower affair Uh, you know years ago 2007, I think, South Africa was the country of focus, or 2010 maybe, um, at the London Book Fair, and the volcano came, and so I think there were only about sort of a quarter of the usual attendees, and apparently it's some people's favorite book fair ever, because all their meetings Mm -hmm. got cancelled, and they got to sit around and chat and network in a much more sort of thorough way, Uh, but yes, uh, I will be there. Just one last question. Um, so Jonathan Ball publishes. Mm. It's continuing in South Africa as it always was. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no change to that. And, you know, I have a successor who's been appointed, um, Annie Ulufia, who's quite brilliant. And so we've been doing a sort of a handover over these sort of January to March. And, the, you know, the team is sort of fit and flourishing and, uh, and has a, a really great publishing program for the rest of this year and beyond. So, yeah, absolutely, there's no there's no change there at all. Well, good luck from us with your new venture, and thank you for speaking to us. Thanks, Linda. Thanks very much. 